1: everybody, welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby. I'm joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm
2: doing great, Dan. How you doing?
1: Doing well. And also joined today, welcome back, Ellis Williams, joining us here on the Orange and Brown Talk
0: podcast for the first time in a long time. Ellis, it is great to to see you and hear you again. Hey man, it's great to be back. It's great seeing you and Mary Kay. And I just want to say, um, I've got an incredible team here at Cleveland.com that has supported me. Well, during my absence and I, we got some incredible bosses and Dave Campbell, Jamie Turner and uh, Chris Quinn and whatnot. So just again, thank you guys. And I'm excited to be back and uh, my best works ahead of me. So let's get after it starting with this pod. All right.
1: Well, we, we certainly missed having you on here. And so we're, we're happy to have you back. And we're gonna just throw it right to you here because you um, sent something out to our Football Insider subscribers a couple days ago. Uh, and you proposed what a 10-game season might look like for the NFL. So if they need to, to make some adjustments, make some changes, uh, what, what that shortened season might look like. So I, I guess give us the, the Cliff's Notes version here. What, what do you envision a 10-game season looking like like in the NFL?
0: Yeah, first I want to discuss why I landed at that point. I've been watching a lot of NBA, like probably a lot of us <laughs> have. You know, it's, a, it's a great TV product, uh, not a whole lot going on still right now. And you see uh, the urgency there. They're treating the, the bubble um, almost like an entirely new season. It is. It's you know, they're brand, ESPN's branding at the NBA restart and whatnot. Um, and then you look at stuff with baseball, how they first formulated their season with 60 games and then the issues they're having. And furthermore, the teams they're playing. So now let's break this down rather than the NFL playing 16 games, which feels um, like a lot of unnecessary risk. And I understand why it's 16 games. There's revenue here to be made with uh, TV contracts and whatnot. And I don't have the answers for that yet, how they could make it up. I think we may be able to uh, bounce that around and explore that as this podcast unfolds. But I landed at 10 because it would allow the league to still play all their division games. So you play everyone in your division Twice lands you at six games, so you know you're still getting the Browns, still getting the Ravens twice, the Steelers, and good old Joe Burrow now in the Bengals. Um, And then, like baseball, keeping the travel short, uh, the NFL could do something it's you know never really done unless it falls in a calendar year. So you could just play your sister division, if you will, meaning the Browns being in the AFC North would play NFC North opponents, and Going through the schedule, and this is, you know, for people covering the league for a while, like you two, this is probably more of a norm. But, you know, I saw that really that's just what they do in the preseason. The Browns were going to play most, if not all, the NFC North this uh, year, I believe. Um, So it it feels like that that, um, connection is already there. They were going to have that joint practice with Green Bay, of course. Um, And with those four games, you play the sister division once. That puts you at 10 games which is what college football is doing anyway. It's an even number. You know, we, we, we like being a rounded uh, as society. That's something we, we're gravitated towards. And that way, I think it reduces risk, less travel, less games, less opportunity for a mass outbreak amongst a team. And it allows for you still to have your divisional games. As for playoffs and whatnot, we can get into that. I'm sure you guys have some questions. But for me, I just landed at that 10 games because it feels like the safest way to reduce risk while still putting a quality product out there and then the nfl already is the king of urgency and with 10 games they're you know the the czar urgency if you will it's going to be a a sprint to the finish much like baseball now so i think it'd be exciting based on what the bubble's doing what mlb is doing and then i just think uh logistically it makes the most sense of course i'm no expert i'm no doctor we all read a lot but it seems like uh something the nfl should start considering as we see what's happening with major league baseball and um, other things opening up. All right, Mary Kay, what do you think?
2: Well, m- my first thought is it just seems to me like the NFL is just so intent on on just forging ahead, plowing ahead with their sixteen games. They've done things that nobody else, you know, tried to do in terms of pulling off free agency, pulling off the draft. I like the uh, I like the idea. I like where you're going with it. I like the idea of reducing risk. Um, but I I think that uh, at this point, I feel like. They, especially with the way their testing has gone in the early going, they're testing about a 2% positivity rate in the NFL. And I I just feel like they are, uh, you know, ready to to plow forward and see if they can't actually pull off this this whole entire season. Now, will they be able to do it? I don't know. They're not in any kind of a bubble. Uh, That's what's different from uh, them and some other sports, is they are going home. Even in training camp, they're going home every single night, which I was a little surprised about that. Uh, that and I know that uh, one or two teams are doing a team hotel type situation, but most teams are just going home and uh, trying to behave as normal. And I think that that might end up lending itself to uh, some more positive tests as we move forward. Um, but it's an intriguing idea. I mean, if they had to reduce games, I like the number that you came up with. And, you know, I like the uh, the sister, the NFC North. I like that idea as well. Um, but I, I'm, I'm still all in on the 16-game season.
1: Yeah, I mean, the NFL has been so, like, we're just not going to, uh, we're, we're just going to plow ahead, right, the draft. Yeah, we're doing the draft. It's going to be virtual. But we're still going to do the draft. Uh, We're going to have an off-season program. Again, that's going to be virtual, but we're still going to have that off-season program and and require players to be a part of it. And they ended up getting to training camp on time, even if it looks very different And the first few days. were just testing days and they're still doing things virtually. uh, The NFL has sort of kept plowing forward. And and we talked about this, I think, the other day, too. This is kind of a league that with that next man up mentality, as cold as that might sound, that, that almost feels like the approach they're taking you know, we're, we're going to try to mitigate the risk, but we're also going to set up situations where we can play football games on Sundays, even if someone happens to test positive or, or comes down with this. Um, the 10 game thing is interesting too, because of that number. It allows you to still kind of go September 13th through, what is it? January 2nd or something. And you can maybe space some things out. So if you get like a Miami Marlins situation, okay. If we got to cancel a game, all right, we'll play that in one of these open weeks. We have some open weeks where maybe we could throw, you know, this game here, that game there, and and you can get a little creative with your scheduling too. So I think that's, that would be sort of an advantage to reducing your schedule from 16 down to
2: 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, again, ideally 16 would be great and going all the way through the Super Bowl. but if they do have to reduce games and again, We don't know yet. Baseball headed in not knowing how it was going to shake out. I don't think football really has any idea yet how this is going to go when they start having contact. Look, right now they're in strength and conditioning. They're six feet apart. They've got little on tracers on them that beep if you get closer to six feet. Than six feet to someone. Uh, the, the slobbering all over each other part hasn't <laughs> happened yet. And some guys don't like the, uh, the face mask thing. So, uh, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen when uh, the pads go on and contact is allowed to happen. When you're allowed to start having contact and you're allowed to start, you know, tackling and having uh, that kind of football activity, things could change. They're going to continue to test a lot. Uh, maybe by then they won't be testing every day anymore, but probably every other day. And so they'll have a good idea on on how widespread it is. And and I do think that, you know, who knows? They might have to reduce. And this is is one cool way to go about it.
0: Dan, I, I think you bring up a great point, too, about uh, the outbreak scenario, just like we saw in Major League Baseball, because, you know, I've been reading and hearing that Major League Baseball now might have to consider... Um, a team like the Marlins or the Cardinals not playing their full 60 game season. And now our team's getting into the playoffs based on winning percentage and whatnot. And that sounds like a nightmare scenario for NFL Twitter, at least I don't want to really be reading about that and why, you know, the Raiders should be in over the Browns because of a percentage compared to more games and whatnot. But the reason this becomes uh, worrisome is because the Super Bowl is that hard date that can't really be moved. If I remember correctly from things I've read, there's like a two-week window that the Super Bowl can be moved. Uh, but after that, it can't. And and quite frankly, if COVID's taught us anything am- amongst many things, it's that anything can happen now. So the Super Bowl can't be moved until it can be moved. I, I realize that. But, Dan, what you said with allowing uh, some sp- – some, some weeks to breathe, some space, some wiggle room, some built-in flexibility rather than adapting on the fly, a 10 game schedule on the same timetable allows, I guess we could call them mini bye weeks you know, your team's going to get maybe two or three of those instead of one, but it just allows, it would allow the NFL to jog through this rather than sprint and, and react when things go wrong. And, and, they can instead casually go through this and be prepared if something go, does go wrong. Cause quite frankly, we'd probably be foolish not to think there's going to be a, 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 maybe not as big as an outbreak as the Marlins percentage wise uh, to an NFL team, but there is a real chance an entire room gets decimated. There's already been plenty of chatter about that. And we've seen, uh, yeah, I think I, I saw on Twitter this morning, the, the church the, in Ohio, you know, one person goes to church, spreads it to 91. It's how this thing works. And so Dan I just I, I want to double down on your point there playing the 10 game schedule through the course of a 16 17 week season uh, allows the NFL to breathe and, and make up this time rather than having to figure out on the fly how they're going to make up some of these games that you know we might be looking at games that do get postponed in the NFL just like MLB come fall.
1: Yeah it's going to be interesting. So. Um that that's the 10 game idea i'm gonna throw out the idea that i had i i did i also did a a football insider newsletter um about this as well so i'm gonna throw that out here uh before we take our break um so you got 32 teams now maybe the pods are a little too big but what if the nfl did like eight pods right so what would that be Four or whatever eight pods of four teams or four pods of eight teams, something like that i'm going back i'm an english major not a math major <laughs> yeah. so I, I gotta redo my times tables but let's say they did four pods of eight teams or something like that and you basically played all those teams once or all those teams twice sort of like almost world cup style and then the top two teams from each pod advance after a two-week break it, it just seems like the nfl is so hard to put in a bubble that you'd almost have to think of it if they decided that they had to go the bubble route, that, that you, you would almost have to go in pods. Now, maybe eight teams is still too many people. Maybe you'd have to go by division or, or something like that. But I guess I'm wondering what you guys would think if the NFL decided, you know what? This season is going to be too hard to pull off. This isn't working. We're going to have to take an extreme measure and, and bubble some teams up and then maybe take a two-week break and bring them back together for the playoffs or something like that. What if it had a little bit of that World Cup feel to it? Would you would you guys kind of like that? Would you like the uniqueness of that for a football season or would it feel kind of cheap?
2: You, you know what, I I, I kind of like that idea too. It's very, very creative. You guys have come up with some really creative ideas to pull this off. And I kind of like the, uh, the little bubble, the little uh, pod that you can kind of exist in. Uh, logistically, I think it would probably be really difficult to pull off, especially if you're trying to pivot and do this, at, you know, once the season gets underway or try to pull this off, you know, even before the season starts on the weekend of September 13th, it might be hard to try to figure that all out. But uh, I, I, I kind of like the, the World Cup, you know, round, you know, roundtable sort of idea.
0: Yeah, as do I, Dan, but quite frankly, and I know you guys have talked about this already, the NFL just wasted time in, in planning all this. And this isn't a knock on uh, the NFL and, and some medical experts and these teams, because they, they do deserve a lot of praise and credit for how these training camps have been completely remodeled, redone to, you know, be as safe as can be and have these players feel like they're protected and healthy and that their health is the top priority. The innovation there, the NFL deserves credit on. Where they fell short and really where major league sports in general fell short because let's face it it's about you know it's tradition especially the NFL one of the leagues just should have went for this you know they should have went for the World Cup style and just it could have been a ratings phenomenon it could have been a one-time thing that's how you brand it how you advertise it now it obviously wasn't going to be the NFL because it's the one of the most traditional if not the most traditional league outside of baseball that exists but but Dan I'm with you that it, just a league in general embracing this moment as unprecedented because this is all hopefully uh, one year of our lives that will come and go, and it could have been you know one special sports season for an NFL team to do that. Um, you know, I'm thinking World Cup style, and then a, a you know the NBA try is kind of doing it with the, the eight nine plan, so they they, they're, they sort of sprinkled it in, um, inviting 22 teams to the bubble and whatnot. That's the closest we're going to get. Um, but for the NFL to look like that, it sure would be ex- exciting and. Now with camp starting up, we have some stuff to write about, but man, a scenario like that would have gave us plenty to write and talk about. You're telling me Dan? wow.
2: Well, you know, I think the other thing to think about is, you know, what if a team has to shut down? You know, what if, you know, what if, you know, 30 teams are okay and two have to shut it down? Or what if some states decide that they're in a situation where, no, you can't, you cannot play football in our state. Now, I guess it would be easy enough to move a team to another state in the event that that happened. Uh, but, you know, those are things that, that we're going to have to be aware of as we move forward uh, are that, you know, it, we, there could be a situation where it sweeps through a whole team or two teams or three teams and, and then what's going to happen. Okay,
1: we're going to take a break. I'm going to tell everybody about Football Insider. You could have seen those season proposals already if you're a Football Insider subscriber. So I'm going to tell everybody how they can get involved in that. And we'll come back and wrap up this Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Time for me to tell you all about Football Insider, our tech subscription service, where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Alice Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider?
0: I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really really keeps me in touch with uh, the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something and I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote, and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up.
1: <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to Cleveland.com slash Browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a text service, pick up your phone and text 216 208 Three nine six five to get signed up again to start your 14-day free trial text 216-208-3965 now back to our show back on the orange or brown talk podcast and lobby with mary Kate cabot and ellis williams again a name you haven't heard for a while ellis back with us uh guys let's talk about the opt-out deadline we talked about the season schedule and maybe a couple adjustments we might make but let's talk about opt-outs as we're recording this Uh, The opt-out deadline was about an hour and a half ago. Uh, So when you hear this, four o'clock yesterday. The Browns, you know, it's weird. They kind of got hit hard numbers-wise, I guess, by opt-outs Mary Kay, but really only one really significant player opted out, and that was Andrew Billings. Other than that, you know, they lost some guards, but I don't think anybody that we had circled as maybe potential starters. But uh, were were there any surprises to you as as we hit the opt-out deadline?
2: No, no surprises whatsoever. And again, as you mentioned, Andrew Billings is the only player that I think was really going to, to have significant playing time this season. I think he was going to be a key part of the, de- the, of the defensive tackle rotation. And who knows? I mean, I, I don't think he would have landed a starting job. But I, I think that he would have made a strong case to be out there a lot based on uh, you know, his play in the past, his, his PFF grades, and things like that. So uh, that, that one was a little bit of a surprise early on. And um, other than that, I mean, again, you've got backup, backup guards that we're going to try to maybe challenge for the starting job. But really, you've got Wyatt Teller and Nick Harris uh, that will be vying for the right guard job. So they didn't really lose anybody else where they're wondering, it's not like the Patriots where they lost some significant starters and they are going to be scrambling to try to figure out uh, how to cover for those guys.
1: Thank you for mentioning Nick Harris among the guards. I've Mm -hmm. been trying to push this over and over and over again that I don't believe the Browns actually drafted a backup center. Uh, But anyway, Ellis, uh, as as you're watching opt-outs across the league and and with the Browns, uh, what did you think? You know, I, it would be a little cold to say winners and losers here, so we won't do that. But, you know, again, the Browns didn't really lose a player that, that is going to make or break their season.
0: Yeah, a few things. First, Mary Kay, you mentioned the Patriots. Um, with everyone they've lost, including guys you know, like Dante Hightower and whatnot, um, and not only to opt out, but from players last year, Jamie Collins, Kyle Vannoy, uh I don't think the Browns have the – I do not think the Browns have the least experienced linebacker room in football anymore. Uh, I, you know, the Patriots drafted two rookie – uh, linebackers who will likely get opportunities to start now. And it's just going to be nice not to have to, we have to answer a lot of questions with the Browns linebackers in general, but now at least there's now another team we can point out. Like, hey, look, the Patriots uh, have a lot more question marks, but one's got Bill Belichick and uh, the other team doesn't. So that will take care of itself eventually with that being said on uh, Andrew Billings, I think like Mary Kay said, that one's going to hurt. I, watching tape on him, it feels like he was brought in specifically to be a, a Baltimore Ravens run stopper. He's a he's a three technique that can uh, play inside and, and and pin down when need, needed. He's not a big sack numbers guy, but he just he takes up space. Uh, he he is assignment sound, not afraid to you know take on the double teams. Not, afraid's not the right word. He respects his assignment, takes the double teams, and frees up guys like you know Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon on the ends to go after the ball carrier. I think that's going to hurt. I don't know if Jordan Elliott's ready, uh, the rookie out of Missouri. Uh, defensive lineman is ready to be what Andrew Billings is I just think watching tape they're two different players uh, one's 22 years old the other is going to be 25 one plays at like 325 pounds the other being Elliott plays at probably like 305 pounds so that, that that run stopper up front the early down first and second down guy isn't on the Browns roster right now it just puts more pressure on Sheldon Richardson but he's used to it uh, considering how things ended last year and I expect another big year from him. But Billings has to be the big name. As for the other guys, it's going to be – and I know this narrative has been floating around the league, and I I don't mean it in a a negative sense, but it's going to be interesting with the privilege of hindsight to see how many of these guys who ended up opting out may have gotten cut anyway. Um, I know that's a a speculative thing, but some of the guys probably weren't going to be – along for the ride regardless and that's what makes Billings really the only big name to, to notice and how they replace him I'm not sure and week one it might show right away if the Ravens you know rush for 200 plus yards on Joe Woodson that first time defense.
1: Yeah this team's going to get tested immediately yeah. um, and and you know, Billings is a guy that I really, I was looking forward to, to seeing this year. I, I thought it was a really good signing, you know, like you, Ellis, when I, I kind of went back and watched him play. It was like, okay, I see this guy in the backfield. I see this guy as a, like, a legit run stopper. But at the same time, you know, it is a position where they have depth. Uh, you know, they drafted Jordan Elliott because he's a guy that can create pressure up the middle. Uh, Ogan Joby has, has been up and down, but when he's good, he's really good. Uh, and Shelton Richardson, I thought, I, I mean, you could make the case, He was one of the Browns' best defensive players not named Miles Garrett last year. So I I think that's at least a position where they have depth. When you do look at all those guards, Mary Kay, even though none of those guys were necessarily guys that we had circled as that guy can win the job, does it still change anything from a competition standpoint?
2: You know, I don't – the only thing is I think that Drew Forbes would have at least – made a little noise there. I think he would have been third, uh, probably third on the depth chart in terms of trying to pin down that job or vie for that job. And I know that uh, there are some people that thought very highly of him heading into this season that maybe he could actually make a run for that starting job. So he's, you know, he's somebody that I think was a disappointment for them and here's what will happen now. I mean, they are going to have to look uh, for some depth and they will because you can fill up your practice squad even with 16 guys. So they will look for depth at guard for sure, uh, and they will also look for depth on the defensive line and at linebacker. Uh, I think those are three positions as we move forward here that you can expect Andrew Berry will be keeping his eyes peeled.
1: Yeah, it's a, they're going to be busy uh, working those waiver wires and, and things like that, trying to add to, to some of those positions. And again, you know, guard is one of those positions where you can find you can find a guy. You know, even if it's just a stopgap for a little while, whatever, you can, you can find a guy uh, to be depth at guard. So, uh,
0: so the Browns, hey, Ellis. you yeah, got one more thing to add real here? Real quickly before we get out of here, I'll talk about people who have opted out. Um, talking about players who opt in, Mary Kay, I just want to throw this out here. I know your life moves fast, but can you imagine how crazy things would have got if, uh, I don't know, Odell Beckham Jr. would have opted out? Uh, I Just quickly, were you ready for that? And can you imagine what it would have been like for you?
2: Yes, I was ready for that. And you know, we had to be I, I had said on this podcast that it was in the back of my mind, for some reason, I just got the vibe from him all season that he didn't re- off season that he didn't feel very comfortable about heading into this year. And then he obviously made remarks to that effect to the Wall Street Journal and, and elsewhere and things like that. So, uh, you know, yes, I had you know, out of the corner of my eye was looking to see if there was going to you know, anything happen with Odell by the 4 p.m. deadline. And then also Chad Thomas. He was another one that I had my eye on because he has expressed uh, that he is in a high-risk category and he finds it scary to have to venture out and play amid COVID. So I was uh, just wondering about those two guys.
1: Yeah, and of course, uh, for the Bills, you know, a guy like Tredavious White, I mean, he took it right up to the deadline. That, that's... Mm-hmm. It just kind of speaks to how difficult of a decision this was, and, and J.C. Treder, When we got a chance to hear from him uh, the other day, you know, basically said every guy needs to think about it. Every every guy needs to to give it some thought. Uh, and so we've we've passed that deadline, and we kind of know who's who's in and who's out for uh, this 2020 season. Which, as we talked about off the top if it even happens, and whatever it looks like. If anything, we've learned that September 13th feels a very, very long ways away. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Check out Football Insider. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. It hits those feeds every single morning at midnight. So if you can't sleep or if you want it there in the morning when you wake up, uh, check out the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. For Ellis and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening